again? I forgot. The name's Poochie D, and I rock the telly. I'm half Joe Camel and a third Bonzarelli. I'm the Kung Fu hippie from Gangsta City. I'm a rapping surfer, you the fool I pity. Oh, Poochie is one outrageous dude. He's totally in my face. Wiggity, wiggity, word up. Lock on, party. When are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. I am Dando. And this is Mitch Grinter saying howdy to all the girls in podcast land. <laughs> oh man, I loved Homer's radio voice. It was, it was pretty amazing. great. I think that's my first ever different en- intro in 160 odd episodes of doing this show, by the way. Uh, yeah, without you saying I am Mitch. I think I spoke weird without even meaning to. I do that sometimes. Uh, it's the lack of education. No, it's the Australian thing. That's all that is. <laughs> great episode, wasn't it? Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. Uh, well, was it a great episode? I think it's a... It, great parody. It's a great uh, piss take of the entertainment industry. Not so much yeah. a great Simpsons... I guess it's not a great Simpsons story, whether it's about the family or whatnot, but I love what they were doing with the episode. I find it funnier now than I did, say, 15, 20 years ago. I find... I don't think it does cross over, but it does flirt a very fine line with becoming a little bit too... So, uh, I think they run the risk of disappearing up their own ass a little bit by basically doing an entire episode around how clever are we as writers and how whiny are fans and how annoying are executives. I see your point. I, I agree to an extent, but I still think they did a good job of... Because, see, when I was a kid, the whole underlining story of taking the piss out of the executives that asked them to add the extra mm. character to the show that was just lost on me i still as a child though found this episode funny the older i got when i was like say 11 and 12 and i got the dvd sets and i was starting to listen to the commentaries and doing more research on the show and i learned what the whole episode was actually about i actually appreciated that angle but i think still as a kid i was able to watch this and laugh and enjoy it for completely different reasons yeah okay that is fair enough and certainly i don't even know that you necessarily need to be a kid or an adult but even just if you watch this and you had no idea about how a tv show was made and then you watched it again and after learning a bit about the behind the scenes of what goes into it then that would give you that same kind of level of two different types of enjoyment well, i think it's one of those episodes though in particular that scene in the uh in the comic book store where you watch that and when you grow to be people such as myself and you where we, you know, we critique things and we, we watch movies, we watch TV. Sorry, just quickly, are you referring to the meet and greet scene? Like where they're yes, at the, the meet panel? And in the comic yep. book store, yes, yeah. How much do you see yourself in those, in those guys? Because I'm like, I watch that and I'm like, that is so me. <laughs> Not to the extent where I would question them at a Q&A, but I'm like, they're the kind of little nitpicks and things that we sometimes point out. Like, it's like it was like watching myself on screen. <laughs> True. I, look... I'll, I'll be honest, to drop the curtain or to to lift the curtain rather for just a moment. I If I ever do that on here, it's 99% of the time because I'm trying to fill the hour to talk about things. Like in real life, I don't give that much of a shit <laughs> about little things like that. Still though, like even just little things like no, uh, enjoying movie trivia and just knowing things about how a movie was made. Like for example, you will buy a Blu-ray just so you can hear Christopher Nolan do an audio commentary on mm. something. We like to know the behind the scenes facts and the ins and outs. We don't necessarily critique it all the time and look for nitpicks. You've said yourself, 
on the podcast that you hate when people point out movie mistakes, like just enjoy the movie for what it is kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. But still, you have to see an element of yourself in those guys. The, uh, an element, yes. Um, just that, you know, I've never hoped anyone got fired for any particular blunder, except for <laughs> whoever... It- <laughs> Except for whoever it was that cast Julia Stiles in Dexter Season 5. Julia Stiles in anything? No, that's mean. We shouldn't say that. <laughs> she, she was good in 10 Things I Had About You. That was yes. the one yeah. time that I've ever watched her and went, you know what? You're perfect in that role. She was in a dance movie. Was it Save the Last Dance? She was in a dance oh, movie. I remember. I think it remember was like, Save the Last it. Dance. But Save the Last Dance and Step Up and Step Up to the Streets and uh, All the Right Moves and all of those movies just kind of blur into one. Yeah. <laughs> I think Channing Tatum was in all of them. I don't think he was in all of them. He would have been in several of them, I'm assuming. What about Bootman? Did you ever watch Bootman? I didn't, know. No? no okay. That was an Aussie, Aussie movie? Was yeah, it? yeah, yeah. That was an Aussie movie with like that classic storyline of um, Guy just wants to join a tap dancing group. This must have been hot off the heels of... Um, Billy Elliot. Well, Billy Elliot, but also Michael Flatley is what I was going to say. Like, remember okay. when Irish tap dancing was all the rage? Yeah. Um, it really was. <laughs> yeah, but like he had a dad who just wanted him to, you know, go work in a steel mill and he just wanted to be a boot man. And they started like this ragtag, rough and tumble tap dancing with um, a lot of industrial elements involved. Sounds amazing. <laughs> now, that is obviously a very off-topic thing. And I've got yes. two warnings. One... I'm standing up for the first time ever in recording a podcast and I feel like that might... I, I felt like I needed to inject some energy into myself. So I'm on my feet and that is going to mean that I'll go off a number of different tangents. Number but two... How, how are you going to... How, sorry, even, sorry for interrupting you. How are you going to read your laptop? Oh, the, the notes are gone. That doesn't matter anymore. I, I can't be bound by the constraints of notes. But I didn't watch the episode. You need to do the play-by-play. I do have Frinkyak in the background on my mobile phone in case I need to refer <laughs> and uh, double check anything. Um, but the other part of it, for people, uh, there's been maybe, I don't know, two or three. So it's not like there's been a, a large amount of criticism. But for anyone that has ever said there's too much off-topic banter, I am a little bit later in the episode. I have done what this show would be like if we just did a straight review without any off-topic stuff. So, it's a little bit of a be careful what you wish for. As, and as much as the writers of this episode run the risk of disappearing up their own ass, I am going to burrow up mine so quickly you won't even know where I went. <laughs> so, you're comes- saying this isn't going to be a good four-finger discount episode because you said this wasn't a good Simpsons episode. No, for that I, same reason. Excuse me. I didn't say that it wasn't. And I, all I did was ask the question of is it or isn't it. I think if anyone was going to level a criticism at this episode, that's the one it would be. I think there were two or three small moments, but not enough to derail it by any means. Like I, I do, overall, I enjoyed the episode, but I could see it coming across as a little bit too self-referential, uh, that mm. that might rub some people the wrong way. Well, after watching this, it made me realise that... Uh Including Itchy and Scratchy in The Simpsons was really, it was a genius idea because it gave them the ability to be able to reference themselves when things like this came up. They did it also in uh, Itchy and Scratchy and Marge when they were getting in trouble for censorship and things like that. Basically, they use Itchy and Scratchy to represent themselves within the show. Yeah, it's always really handy when that can happen. Uh, 
I think it's an important storytelling device in general that you want to a have a way for the characters to be able to sorry for the audience to be able to reflect onto a character or project themselves onto a character, which in South Park would be um, Stan and Kyle ninety nine percent of the time. But you also want to be able to have a way that you can project yourself as a writer into the show. Uh, which, you know, Quentin Tarantino will often do by putting Quentin Tarantino in his own movies. <laughs> no representation needed. He just steps in. <laughs> yeah. I yeah know, exactly. And I know you've defended it. I know you've defended it. But my God, his acting in Pulp Fiction is so bad. It's not even so bad, it's good. It's just bad. I don't... Uh, look, I don't think it's that bad because he doesn't do much in Pulp Fiction. We have to agree to disagree. It doesn't ruin yeah. the movie, but man, he's... You try and tell me that if that wasn't Quentin Tarantino, you wouldn't be shitting all over it? Uh, no, because he doesn't really say that much or do that much. And Harvey Keitel <laughs> is that good around him that uh, just distracts me. It's okay. Um, Quentin Tarantino in Django Unchained is horrendous. What, what is his character? I know he's a villain, but what, what does he do again? I can't quite remember. Um, he plays an Australian. That's he does right. a really bad Australian accent. That said, there is a clip of Quentin Tarantino on the internet, and I don't know what TV show or movie it came from, but it's him launching into like a three-minute uh, dissertation about how Top Gun is just a metaphor for homosexuality, and that remains some of the best acting that anybody has ever done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie. I feel like this episode is... It's a really great reference point for criticizing entertainment. I mean, it was the birth of worst episode ever. And I think mm. it's, it's, it's also the, the, the birthplace of, like, for example, worst episode ever or the, uh, the I hope someone was fired for that blunder. If anybody does anything wrong or fucks up on Facebook, those two memes are just the instant go-tos now. Yeah, I did like the way, and I'd forgotten about this, that I'd like how com- Comic Book Guy doubled down on worst episode ever and then Bart mm-hmm. points out all of the reasons that he should be thankful and just no response to that other than worst episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I hear you, kid, but I'm not listening. Yeah. <laughs> the great thing about that scene too with the nerds is that, say, for example, my mum can watch that and just laugh because it's just Homer shutting down nerds. Where mm. we're laughing, or I'm laughing. I just, you said you don't really see yourself in it, but I, I'm laughing because I'm like, I can just see, I, 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 just, I, just, I love the nerd aspect. It's, it's sort of the first, I don't know, reference or acknowledgement of nerd culture in The Simpsons. Proper nerd culture. Uh, well, apart from the comic book guy. Yeah, but even still, like, he, does he ever, ever has he ever referenced going onto the internet and voicing his disdain for a show and things like that? Oh, look, I, I lose track of when he has or when he hasn't, but... Oh, which actually, no, Radioactive Man, he did because he, the script was leaking or something, you remember? Oh, yeah. Listening. Yeah, the, That's that it, was yeah. the thing that happened. And then, of course, but Aquaman, you can't marry uh, whoever... Who, who is it? Who is it that Aquaman can't marry? I've completely forgotten. You're from two different worlds. Oh, I've wasted my life. But that hasn't happened yet. Hasn't it? Ah, damn. No. See, I I lose track. (laughs) Speaking of, Treehouse of Horror. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's Halloween tomorrow or yesterday. Mm. I guess it's tomorrow for us as we speak, but it's yesterday for everyone listening right now. I hope you all had a great Halloween. And I went and saw the new Halloween and I really, really enjoyed it. I think my expectations were a little bit too high, but it was still a really, really enjoyable movie. And Mitch... Guy Davis, the movie guy himself, and myself will be doing a review of that this weekend, hopefully. So that's going to be the next Movie Guys podcast for the Patreon page, the new Halloween film. And the original Halloween film we're going to touch on as well. Yeah, yeah. I went back and watched it before, and I recommend you do that as well. So anyone out there who hasn't seen, I'm not going to do any spoilers, I'm not talking about the new film, but if you want to go out and see the new film, go out and watch the first one 
before you do. Whilst you don't have to have seen the first one, there's a lot of homages to the first one that you'll appreciate more in the new one if you've watched the first one recently. Well, it, not only that, the first one, if you've never seen it, is one of the best horror movies ever made in the slasher genre in particular. The opening five minutes is an absolute masterpiece of camera work. It's, it's really phenomenally well done. Combined with the score, like the score is amazing. Yeah, the um, uh, I was gonna say tubular bells. Is it tubular bells? I think it's tubular. It's just isn't it just piano? I mean the doom. No, the score. The 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 name of that piece. I'm pretty sure it's. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yep. Okay. I didn't know the name of it, but yeah, it's just. And when once that hits in the new film, you're like, oh, I'm there. This is going to be great. No, it's fantastic. That is the most important part. Like when you're throwing back to an old property like that if it's got an iconic bit of music you've got to cram it in there like i really loved that in jurassic world the most recent one when they touch on the original john williams theme as um as the end of the first act for people that haven't seen the movie i won't spoil it but it's just an amazing bit of music yeah definitely and the point that i'm talking about where the music cues in the new film i looked around the cinema and it was pretty busy everyone was smiling it was a great moment. <laughs> Everyone's playing air synth keyboard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, also, did you know that this is Alex Rocco, the voice of Roger Myers Jr. It's his third and final appearance. To me, I, f- I feel like he appeared more, but this is only three times. Why final? Did they never bring him back or did he die? He Well, he passed away in 2001, I think. But yeah, he just, okay. they, I guess, never found a reason to bring him back between now or when, aired, years. when he passed away. Yeah. Was it 2001 he passed away? 2010? I can't quite remember, but he's passed away, unfortunately. But still, his character, though, don't you think that it feels like he was in it more <laughs> than just three episodes? Um, he, he passed away in 2015. 15? Well, I was he way actually, off. <laughs> he actually got married in 2005. So, unless it was a big weekend at Bernie's style ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to everyone who is friends and family of Alex Rocco. I did not mean to cause any... Uh, Offense, but uh, it's a shame that never they never did bring him back before he passed away. Maybe he just had bad health or something. I don't know, but maybe they just couldn't think of a reason to bring him back. Who knows? Yeah, there's that. I mean, he's only been at three times to this point, so it's not like he's a commonly recurring character. But I have always enjoyed him whenever he's on the show. But yeah, that's almost as many times as Sideshow Bob's appeared on the show up to this point. Is it? Bob's been on there five already, hasn't he? At least. If well, not three's six. nearly five. It's, it's more than halfway. <laughs> Second comes right after first. Yes, exactly. There's also an, an element in this episode of, um, you know, executives coming on board and management having their, their say and the people who work mm. underneath them, even if they don't agree with their boss, they just tend to agree with them Are you talking about how anyway. whenever you send me a message saying we should do this <laughs> or we should do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> we should uh, do a call-in show. It'll be live. It'll be great. Who cares about the logistics? It's not hard. That's why. All you have to do is turn up. <laughs> but still, it's uh, it's the people who are too afraid to say no. And even point out, I think it's the guy that looks like George Meyer. He even says, "I'm fired, aren't I?" For, just <laughs> for voicing an opinion. Yeah. So do you want to? Before we get into the uh, into the review and we do our new names and our trivia and all the other fun stuff, do you want to explain what was the real reason behind this episode? One of the Simpsons writers slept with the wife. Oh, no, that's not happened. No. Stop. <laughs> um, so, basically what happened is when the show was first created, um, the the creative staff of The Simpsons got something that is almost unheard of in network TV land, which is that they could not get any notes from the network. They had free creative reign to do whatever it is that they wanted. And the only note, as the legend goes, that Fox ever gave The Simpsons was that they needed to put a new character into the show. And... 
this was basically what they did. It was their way of saying, is that what you want? Well, fuck you guys. This is our show and this is how we do it. And just to prove why it wouldn't work as well. I, don't, I just don't think adding a Simps- another character to the Simpsons house would have been any good at all. No, there's no way that that... I mean, there's no way that it needed to happen, but there's also no way that you could have really conceived of it. It just wouldn't have made any... It wouldn't have been true to the characters that they suddenly take somebody in. Two times that it's happened in the past on other shows that I can remember would have been on the Brady Bunch. They had a um, a cousin named Cousin Oliver who mm. appeared, um, went nowhere. And the other one was uh, Married with Children for about five episodes, I think it was, in season seven, I think it is. Uh, I, I, well, it is seven because his name is Seven. So... That's where, when people say, oh, how funny is it in Seinfeld how they named the kids Seven? Yeah. No, Married with Children did it first. Um, well, they didn't actually, like in Seven, he just wanted to do it because he desperately, well, because it was Mickey Mantle's number. Yeah, I know. But it wasn't like an original concept of calling a kid Seven when it already been done, is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the alternate names that they that he was desperately trying to come up with. Um, soda. Or, <laughs> yes. I've just jumped onto Uproxx. Ten great TV characters that were added Introduced late in a show's run. Let's see okay. if... Uh, oh, Butters. Butters came in very late. Yeah, but he wouldn't have been added from the executives, though. That would have been just Trey and Matt going, well, we're going to get rid oh, of Kenny. Yeah, we need true. to think of a new character. I'm just trying to come up with any any example of someone that can come in late. Putty from Seinfeld didn't come in until season six. And he was a, a, a good character, yeah. Iconic character. Even Well, mm. The Simpsons did do it themselves with Gil Gunderson as well, actually, as we look yeah. through here. Uh, Michael Lee from The Wire, although The Wire only ran five episodes, so I'm not going to include five that seasons, one. please. Um, sorry, five seasons, five episodes. That's that's silly. <laughs> what was the character of Happy Days? They had a one in Happy Days. Did they add one, or is it just that they changed Arnold? The actor changed. No, actually, I think what it was was I think Mork from Mork and Mindy, Robin Williams' character, started on Happy Days, that's... so there was an alien character on Happy Days. I think that is true. Yeah. Did he start there or did he just cross over? I'm pretty sure he started there and because the audiences loved him so much, they gave him his own show. Gotcha. Okay. I'm guessing that was post Fonzie and the Shark. Uh, maybe. I'm not too sure. I think that wasn't the Fonzie and the Shark like the final nail in the coffin though? No, no, no. Well, that was the one that coined the phrase jump the shark. It was like from there, it was a downhill slide. Uh, okay. Okay. But anyway, so new name for the episode. Have you thought of one this week? I saw that you posted in the Four Finger Discount Patreon group and we had a lot of replies. Well, I uh, made the nice change of posting early and giving people ample opportunity to actually reply, uh, particularly (laughs) those in the Northern Hemispheres. Uh, What have we got here? Okay. So, uh, um, Chelsea Searle, the pooch that couldn't slow down. There was a lot of people that had plays on Roy. So, Luke McKay with Roy Story. I saw Nick Ariki with Roy to the World. Kristen Nell, We Like Roy. Oh, Alistair Danik with About a Roy. So, I was a big fan of anyone that that, uh, brought Roy into it. Poochie, A Dog's Fail. Not bad. Mm -hmm. Much a pooch about nothing. So, that's That's Oliver. That's good. Oliver de Hortville Bell bringing in the Shakespeare for this week. (laughs) Lewis Kavanagh with The Good, The Bad and The Pugly. Daniel Kotnick, I'll give you a shout out because he actually stole mine 18 hours before I thought of mine. Um, Homer in the Proactive Paradigm. That was yours? No, I, I had like Homer in the Hip Hop Puppy Paradigm or something along those lines. Okay, okay. Uh, so, um, after reading through all of those and realizing that my idea had been taken, I've come up with Turner and Poochie. Turner and Poochie. Who's Turner? Um, what about Homer and Poochie? All the people that are Turnerin' off the TV. Hey, ah, bang. 
let's just say I'm glad I was standing up to be able to deliver that joke. Um, so I, I, I get the I get the feeling that you're standing up. Did you see a video from one of our friends who used to have a radio show up in Melbourne? Who's now on Fox FM, and he posted a video of himself giving away a prize on Fox FM this week on Facebook. This was and he was Michael, standing was up, it? and I, yes, and he was standing up, and I was like, oh, that's a that's cool. I, I, it seems to be every time I watch a video of people on commercial radio, they're standing up. It must just you know add energy to it. Did you well, see that video and get the idea to do this or did you... No, I used to work in a call centre and I would occasionally stand up, but for that same reason, because if you sit down all the time, you get a little bit flat. And yeah. I don't know if it came across, but last week I just felt like when we finished recording, I was like, mm, I don't know if I was as energetic as I need to be. Better stand up next week. I think it helps when you're not holding the mic. I feel like when you're holding the mic, I don't know what it is, but you sort of you, you become a bit complacent when, you, when you're when you sort of sitting down and you're just like, yeah, whatever. Think, but when you're, in, when you're in a radio studio and you can just sort of move your arms around and just you know, be energetic, it comes across. I think it's the fact that I can have a beer in each hand now. Each hand? Mm-hmm. The same beer in each or what are you, are you mixing it up? No, no, same beer in each. I'm dual wielding. I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 and I thought that I'll, <laughs> I can't have two six shooters in the hand, but I'll just have two pots. Saying that, time for trivia. Great segue, by the way. How good was that? <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, that was some a current affair level, yes. like like you just come out of a story about um, I don't know home invasions or something along those lines, and then it will be, mm, nah, yes, uh, Brendan Dando there with that disturbing report on home invasions. Well, speaking of homes, spring is around the corner. And- yes, <laughs> there was one today where they just did a story about uh, puppies or something. It was something about a dog. It was just like so cute. And now to Tim with the sport. The um the best one of those ever that uh, was an Australian thing. It was after uh, England had won the Ashes, and for people that don't follow cricket, the Ashes is a tiny little urn, and it's said to contain the ashes of the bales of the first ever time that England and Australia played against each other. They burnt them and put them in the in this little container, and that's the trophy that they play for now. Wasn't Don Bradman's ashes? No, (laughs) no, no. They're on display at Barrel. Um, But so. Uh, I can't remember who it was. Tim, it might have been a, a sports reporter called Tim someone from Channel 10 News. And they're playing all this footage of all the celebrations after the Ashes have been won. And he throws back to his female co-host going, it's just hard to believe that men could get excited over something so small, isn't it? And she just flat backs back at him. Mm, well, you would know about that, wouldn't you? And then, then cuts to a commercial. I'm pretty sure we've explained it on the podcast before, but it's worth telling again. And if you haven't gone out and watched it on YouTube, make sure you do it because it is one of the greatest moments in the history of news television. <laughs> it's so phenomenal. Anyway, uh, yes, trivia. Uh, shall uh, I kick it off? Oh, I've got four. How many have you got? Oh, I've got three. So you go. Although I do have a bonus question that is open. It's an open-ended answer. Okay, cool. Well, I'll save my... So, I've got three that are episode-based and the other one is still episode-based, but it's more about the behind the scenes of the episode that I, f- I feel like you may know. But I'll, so I'll start with the normal one. So, what were the writers eating when they were writing the script that uh, Homer was reading at the audition? Rotisserie chicken. Mm-hmm. Is that one of your questions? No, it's not. I just... Uh, it <laughs> stuck out in my mind because I yeah. heard that and... You know, sensory memory. I, as I heard that line, I could smell rotisserie chicken. <laughs> mm. Good, isn't it? Mm. How many pie trays were stuck to Krusty after the one-man pie fight? Seven. Three. Three. Damn it. You know what it is, Dando, is you've got to stop just yelling out seven. <laughs> <laughs> seven. What is the name of the... or who, what, is, what is her name? The voice of Itchy and Scratchy. What is her name? Oh, um... No, I actually don't remember that. Nancy Cartwright. Maybe. It was June Bellamy. Okay. 
Who is the original dog from hell? Hmm. So it's not Poochie. It is not, no. I don't know. Aha. Uh-huh. Cerberus. Uh, in Greek mythology, oh. Cerberus was the dog, a three-headed dog of Hades. Yes, I know, yeah. I, I knew there was some discussion in the writer's room when he was pitching it, and I'm yep. like, it's just lost on me. My final question from the episode is, what is the name of the magazine that Poochie appears on? Oh, not the, so not the newspaper, a magazine. No, nah, don't know. It's a magazine, a two-beat Okay, my final question is, is, which episode of Itchy and Scratchy did the magic xylophone appear? Magic xylophone, uh, it's f- it's f- four... Nope. No? Seven. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? That's correct. It's uh, 2FO9. 2FO9. <laughs> so, my final question is, with this episode, The Simpsons Surpassed the Flintstones in the number of episodes produced for a primetime animated series. How many episodes was it? What number episode is this? 168. 167. <laughs> See, if you had to say seven, really? you would have got it. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Damn the it's... one time you don't say seven. I was actually amazed that I was even within 10, to be honest. <laughs> uh, my, my question... Um, so, again, not much... Uh, well, I guess it is trivia, but... There's no incorrect answer. Which of the kids in the focus group do you think was really loving Speedo Man? Do I? Do you think? Mm. Well, they, they, th- they think it's Millhouse. Well, that's not actually directly referenced. They just said one kid. So, you think it's Millhouse. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're referencing the fact that, you know, and that, that, by the way, yeah. is one of the funniest moments in the whole episode. It is very good. <laughs> the, 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 the whole focus group is my favourite moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I had two competing favourite moments, but one of mine was from the focus group, but it's when... Um, when he yells at them? Yeah, when he yells at them and Ralph just puts his head down and tilts the thing to... <laughs> I, like, I'm not enjoying this. Like, he's just being conditioned yeah, to that response. <laughs> so good. Because you're stupid. <laughs> um, uh, my, uh, my secondary favourite moment is... Krusty's intro um, to the to Poochie, like to that whole cartoon about how 1969 man went to the moon and then oh is it 73 or whatever it was we went 71 I think 71 we went to the moon again and then for a long time nothing happened because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't well a few presidents got shot at you know there was women's lib there's a few things a couple things happened we were conceived I guess that's kind of a big deal uh, not so much in American history, but um, oh, those American listeners. If, if we didn't, get, if we were conceived, then American listeners right now wouldn't be hearing their favourite podcast. I was just going to say favourite. I mean, the certainly in video, <laughs> their favourite. It was a momentous <laughs> yeah. day. Oh man! Alrighty, so let's get into the full review, shall we? Or oh, is there anything else you'd like to mention to the listeners? No, I can probably wait. <laughs> okay. No, I, uh, I I grabbed some KFC on the way home before recording and it's just this little thing that's been ringing around in my head where as I pulled up to the order box she just said won't be a moment and two things that popped into my head one that in Australia we say both I'll just be a moment and won't be a moment and that means pretty much the exact same thing but yes given that a Given that a moment is a short period of time I don't want to hear I won't be a moment tell me like you know tell me that you won't be an hour Tell me that you won't be more than five minutes. Just, I won't be a moment that implies that I could be there for days. I'm not sure if this is just Australian, but we tend to also say, oh, I'll just be a sec. And then two minutes later, 
That's more yeah. than just a sec. Yeah, that's yeah, 120. Yeah. You did that to me before. I sent you a message at 8:28 saying I'm just setting up the computer, and you said I'll be about five minutes, and then 13 minutes later. <laughs> You but did called. you see the message? See, I wrote you a message and it sent just before you wrote yours. And I said, just putting the little dude to bed. And then you sent through yours. So, did you see the first message? No. Okay. So, that's why. Okay. Because little dude didn't want to go to bed. <laughs> well, anyway, we've covered that. <laughs> <laughs> so, the original air date was February 9th, 1997. The couch gag was a parody of the Beatles cover, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Now... I wasn't a Beatles fan when I first watched this episode, and I always, I knew that this visual was something when I was younger because mm. you, you know you've, it's one of the most iconic rock symbols of all time, rock covers. Yeah. Um, as I got older, I appreciate this couch game. If you actually look at all the different characters in the background, they do a bang up job of it. Yeah, I, th- they've done this as a poster as well, haven't they? Like an app, they a, have a yeah. separate standalone piece of merchandise, and yeah, it's a very cool parody. So the episode kicks off with, like you mentioned in your trivia, the Krusty's one-man pie fight. I wish mm-hmm. we got to see it. It looks like it would have been fun to watch. <laughs> well. A one-man pie it, fight. How does that go down? Presumably, he's just slapping pies on himself. Or is he throwing them up in the air and making them land on him or something? Yeah. Like, the hard part is blocking your own attack in a one-man pie fight. That's true. You've got to be one step ahead of yourself. I reckon you could get Nicolas Cage to do a one-man pie fight in a movie, he'd say yes to that. You can get Nicolas Cage to just do a pie if you wanted to. You'd do anything now. Well, you could get Jason Biggs to do a pie. But that's, that's been cut. Been, been there, done, done that. We've seen that. <laughs> uh, so they play Itchy and Scratchy. This episode is called Why Do Fools Fall in Lava? And it was weird because when it aired, we're so conditioned to hearing the kids laugh. Hmm. So when the, the Itchy and Scratchy episode finished, there was no one around and it was weird. It was like, Really? Like normally the kids are there laughing their heads off. Mm. The kids weren't watching, they were in the kitchen. Uh, were they eating breakfast or they were eating cereal of some kind? Yeah, they're eating cereal. Lisa was sort of reading the back of the cereal box saying, how could you watch TV when it's so nice out? Which is obviously not anything that they mean because they are not. They have no intention of going outside. Yes. Well, this is you when you're a child. Ah, oh, mum, I don't want to have to do housework. It's so nice outside. <laughs> um, yeah. Or I don't want to have to go outside. It's too nice outside. Yes. I don't have to go outside, period. Yeah. No, I, um, you know, I, I got sunburned three years ago and I don't trust it. You lost me out outside, brother. <laughs> so, the uh, we get the Marge saying that she hugs Bart when he's asleep. Usual. It, it's fine mm-hmm. for what it is. Cut to Roger Myers. Uh, he's having a meeting with Krusty in his office. And Krusty is trying to explain to him that, you know, check this, check out this chart. Look at the ratings. Bang, bang, bang. Plunge. Huge plunge. Uh, because that's when your Itchy and Scratchy cartoon started airing. I get what they were going for here is that, you know, they were saying that the, the Fox executives were worried that the Simpsons ratings were starting to dip. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they dipped this much. This was a bit extreme. Not, not that it's a bad thing, but they were taking the piss a little bit too much. Yep. But th- what they're trying to say here is this is, Krusty is the Fox executives and Roger Myers is the Simpsons staff. Yeah. You know, do you feel like Krusty cares about only the ratings or does he also care about the quality of the product? He doesn't care about the quality of product. Oh, he does. It's weird because sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he doesn't even care about the product that he's putting out himself. It's just whatever. Let's just get something on the air and get home. Mm. Um, But when it suits the story, like this one, he does care. And I like it a lot more when he does. Yes, of course, because it's his show. His name's on the show. It all falls back on him. It did seem a bit odd, though, that he was the one saying, check out the ratings because normally Krusty wouldn't give a shit. Normally, it's the executives telling Krusty you need to lift your game because your ratings are dropping because of you. Yeah, that's very true. Maybe there's already been a meeting in advance with, that we didn't see where his lawyers are telling him, 
your ratings are falling, your advertising revenue is going to go with it. Roger Myers, he, he's not happy with the news at all, is he? He's like, don't don't tell me how to run my show. Our show's fine. Slams the door. I think everyone's been in one of these moments that Sideshow Mel finds himself in where you're about to ask somebody for something or you're about to have a conversation and shit goes down just before you talk to them and you're like, oh, now's not the right time. It was about 10 seconds ago, but I think I'll just come back later. Yeah. It's like you were going to go ask your dad if you wanted to play backyard cricket, but then, you know, mum's overcooked the potatoes and um, <laughs> and you just think, you know what, I'll, um, I'll just hide under the table for a while, listen to some music in my headphones, find a happy place. It's you in the backseat of the car when there's been an argument over the map. <laughs> No, you're gonna ask. You're gonna ask Dad to put the latest uh, Tim Mitchin tape on. <laughs> so then they go to the store. Why were they at the store again? I can't quite remember. They're there anyway. March was and, buying a buying a bra. Okay, and she just goes to let the kids wander. And this reminded me of when we used to go shopping. So we'd go to the Cryer Village, and <laughs> thought you were about to say, and this reminded me of the time that I got abducted when I was ten. <laughs> well, let me finish the story. Oh, look out! Hang on, is this going to get all like unsolved mysteries? Serial style podcast. I wish, I wish. No, it's four finger discount going true crime. I uh, hope not, because there's too many of those podcasts already out there. If we could get some um, tubular bells, would be good for this actually over the back. But like, Brendan Dando was a happy six year old boy just heading down to the shops to buy some trading cards, but he didn't know that he was trading in his freedom. I would actually watch that. <laughs> Dando or Dan don't. <laughs> It doesn't even mean anything. Don't do, don't do it, Dando. Do don't uh, whatever. So, my, uh, th- didn't you when you were younger? You'd go to the supermarket or whatever the shopping complex, and you didn't have to walk around the supermarket with mum. So she'd just leave you at the video shop. Oh yeah, definitely video shop. She knew I'd be there for an hour and a half comfortably, and I still wouldn't want to leave when it was time to go. No, I still hadn't chosen anything by that point. No, exactly. I, I hadn't even made my way through the sci-fi section yet. Yeah. Reading the same video covers that I read last week. I was about to say, you go back every week, the videos haven't changed, but you still read them and look at them. Yeah, yeah, maybe this time, Event Horizon. You know, I still do the same thing now with either Netflix or IQ, where, say, on Netflix, I've got like 20 movies recorded. Uh, sorry, not Netflix, on Foxtel IQ, I've got about 20 movies that are recorded. And every now and then, I'll bring them up and I'll just read the synopsis and I think, nah, not today. But I'll never delete them. <laughs> <laughs> You got them on like keep with the blue button, yeah. Yeah, that movie's like <laughs> Event Horizon is legitimately one of them. I've never seen Event Horizon. I can almost never conceive of any reason that I'm going to sit down and feel like watching Event Horizon. But when I was flicking through and it was on the guide, it just felt like the sort of thing where I was like, "Ah, <laughs> oh, I've never seen that. I should record it." <laughs> and but it's still, it's nice to know that if you ever do want to watch it, yeah, it's there. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's like me, I go to JB Hi-Fi and I buy some Blu-rays of movies that I've never seen. I'm probably yeah. never ever going to even open them. But if I ever do want to watch them, I'd like to know that they're there if I ever need them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> if your mattress ever dies, you've got a backup. Yes, that's true. So, we get the focus group. Oh, but basically, so the kids go for a wonder. And do you kids want to come with me? Oh, I can't see why not. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we get the focus group and... I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to have to play the clip because nothing we can we say is going to do this justice. Mm. The, the whole... Well, what we do have to explain though is because this is going to come through on the audio clip, but the thumbs up to the mirror the thumbs up is one of my great. favorite visuals of all time. <laughs> yeah. After he's just passed off, it's like it's just a creaky old mirror. Sometimes it sounds like it's sneezing or coughing or talking quietly. <laughs> <laughs> I just love... There's, there's a meme going around. I can't remember what it says. It's something on the lines of when you know you've nailed the joke. And that's just him giving the thumbs up to himself thumbs in the reflection. Yeah. 
<laughs> they like itchy. They like scratchy. One kid seems to love the Speedo Man. What more do they want? Okay, how many of you kids would like itchy and scratchy to deal with real life problems like the ones you face every day? And who would like to see them do just the opposite? Getting into far out situations involving robots and magic powers. So you want a realistic, down to earth show that's completely off the wall and swarming with magic robots. You should win things by watching. <sighs> you kids don't know what you want. That's why you're still kids, because you're stupid. Just tell me what's wrong What the freaking show. <laughs> Everything about that is amazing. And I forgot how great it was until I did this review. My God, that is hilarious. Just from start to finish. I wish I had been in a focus group at some point in my life because there are times where focus groups make horrific decisions. And yes, this is arrogant before I even say it, but I just think, oh, if only I'd been in that room, I could have saved that movie. Save the movie? Yeah. One person. It would have been like 12 angry men. I'd have been the only person that wanted something and I would have turned everyone around by convincing them that it was right. Which movie do you think you could have saved? Well, uh, like any movie that feels like it's been ruined by focus group or PR type stuff. Like, like previous screenings? Yeah. Where were you when George Lucas was doing previous screenings for fucking Phantom Menace? Well, I was going to say, that would have been one off the, straight off the bat. Or, to be honest, even The Force Awakens, which I felt played it a little bit too safe. It did. Yeah, it did play it too safe. Like, it's one of those films where I really enjoyed it when I first watched it because it really touched into the nostalgia of things. But yeah. I, I just don't have no I have no reason to go back and watch it now. It was so pretty, like, yeah, yeah. I've, I'd rather watch the original because it was better. Yeah, it was pretty empty beyond tapping into the nostalgia. And I would have been in there stamping my feet saying, take a risk. I was fine with that film until they said that there's a Death Star. And I was like, wait a minute. Mm. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, this is just the same story. exactly the same. Yeah. Anyway. We weren't there, and we didn't save those films, but they still made lots of money, so they don't care. No, that's true. JJ has a much bigger house than I do. <laughs> and bank account, by the way. Mm. And penis. Well, you know, I've seen yours. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, moving along swiftly. Is my webcam on? <laughs> I shouldn't have stood up. <laughs> oh, man. So, the kids, I love that the kids just agree with everything. Like, so, you want something down to earth, but also something off the yeah. wall and wacky from another planet. Like, that's a comment on focus groups saying that you, um, you, you can't please everybody and you've just, it's better off just taking a creative direction and going with it. Uh, I will point out, though, that um, Chris McQuarrie, director of the last couple Mission Impossible films, has used focus groups to a good extent. So, they can be used for good as much as they can be used for evil. Lisa then saves the day or saves the chin scratchy. I love that the blue head lawyer then walks in. Please sign this release one to say that you did not save the chin scratchy. <laughs> or, yeah, the fact that the, the paperwork is already drawn up. Excellent. And then cuts to Roger Meyer saying, I've got a great idea. Yeah. So he's saying that they need to introduce the new character. And the writers do not agree, but like we said earlier on, they're too scared to challenge him because they'll be fired. Yeah, which is the one bit that is probably not true of Simpsons writers, but they do carry themselves with a fair degree of indignation about the idea in this scene. I love that the brunette, who is the same voice, so it's obviously Tress McNeil, but the character later on we know, now know as Lindsay Nagel, who is the, you know, the, the, the businesswoman. Uh, that's who this brunette was essentially here, although they, she was, I don't think she was actually called Lindsay Nagel. At this point, she was just 
you know, a, a Fox executive or a TV executive. I love that she's just like, he's going to be busy, just to sort, sort of say, they're so out of touch, but they feel like they know everything. Uh, yeah, there's nothing less cool than hearing, well, probably even me now that I'm 30, but hearing like a, a an adult say cool. Wicked. Yeah, hip. The other day, an adult at work said, oh, that's sick. I was oh. like, oh, don't say that. You're, you're, a 40, you're a 40-something-year-old woman. Do not say that's sick. There's nothing that would have ever turned me off a concept faster than my dad, even if I really liked it, than my dad describing something as being schmick. Has anyone ever actually described that in seriousness? He has, several times. Your dad? Yeah, when I was looking for cars as an 18-year-old, I'd find something I liked. He'd be like, oh, that looks really schmick. I'm like, mm, next. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little piece of you just dies inside each time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, get, we should also mention that the writers here are actually designed off of the real writers from The Simpsons. So, Bill Oakley, Josh Weinstein, mm. George Meyer. I think even Mike Scully was in there as well. And yeah, a couple others. I, I thought they looked familiar, which was nice. Yes. Uh, it would have been better, too, if they had a voice them. Yes. Yeah, I, know, I just feel like why wouldn't they voice them? I can't see why they wouldn't have them do it. it. Seems odd. Probably because they're not actors, but maybe they just wouldn't have been. I, I feel like they probably could have done it. It wasn't a difficult part. Um, just for people that might have been uh, following along at home, the uh, dramaturg- uh, dramatological or whatever it was dyad. Dramaturgy is a, I've looked this up, it's a sociological perspective commonly used in microsociological accounts of social interaction in everyday life. What was this from? Where was this in, this, in the episode? This is when they're dis- um, saying that you can't add a third person to the show. Oh, okay. Yep, cool. Yep. And a dyad just consists of two things. Then we get David Silverman drawing Poochie. Now, did you notice? Because David Silverman, in real life, plays the tuba. There was a tuba in the corner of the, of the office. Oh, no, I didn't spot that. That's very cool. Hmm, just a nice little detail there. This whole drawing the character is hilarious. So, he just draws it. Um, you know, I'm not too sure about him. Fills in the glasses. That's it. That's it. That's the money right there. <laughs> now he's gangster. Before that happened, I just just quietly, I was really happy with the when they leave the writers' room. So Poochie, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, Poochie's good. <laughs> Coming with the name, yeah, <laughs> something like Poochie, but more proactive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Poochie, okay with everybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> I like that the writers could even still, whilst they're taking the piss out of the Fox executives still taking the piss out of themselves as if to say yeah. they're not creative yeah and when I was talking earlier about some people might think that this episode was too self-referential that that is they're the sorts of moments that kind of temper that and make it even-handed so then Homer is oh, actually before we get into the next scene I do like too I like the animation of David Silverman drawing I think he's got like his tongue out or he's just he just looks like mm. he just looks like someone drawing. You know, like when I'm drawing something or if I'm writing something, I've always got my tongue sticking out. I don't know why. Do you have a little trait when you're like you're concentrating as you're writing or something? Um I don't know. You said the other day that I had like a concentration face when we were doing this via Skype with video. You did, it was like blue steel, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a furrowed brow for me. It's not so much certainly not a tongue. Um my tongue remains internal ninety Six percent of the day, <laughs> but when you notice something, cause I was watching you. When you found what you're looking for, your mm. eyebrow became the people's eyebrow. It like lifted. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I smelled what you were cooking. It's. Um. I think I have some like very very minor nerve damage from an incident when I was a kid. But one eyebrow goes a lot higher than the other eyebrow, and it happens a lot without me even realizing that it's happening. So I, what I think is like a tiny movement, sends my eyebrow 
almost up to my hairline. You've got that scar along just essentially where your glasses... Well, it's in the eyebrow. Oh, so there's this... Sorry. I have two scars in my head. One of them runs from my eye to my ear, which is sort of where the arm of my glasses would be. But I have another scar that is in my actual left eyebrow. Like, it runs pretty much the width of it straight through the middle and no hair shall ever grow there again, uh, which is the only thing that I and Holly Marie Combs have in common. I thought that you must have had it shaved on your bucks knot or something and it just never grew back. <laughs> That'd be an awful shave. Yes. But I was going to say that you got this scar along, the, like you said, it runs from your eye to your ear mm. and it hides behind the arm of your glasses. And it wasn't until you told me about what happened when you got that scar that before that, I always just thought that you must have had your glasses on really tight. Because I'm like, he mm. leaves a mark there every time. He needs to loosen his glasses. <laughs> a lot of people have made that mistake over the years. <laughs> so then we cut to Homer reading the paper, which is explaining that the Itchy and Scratchy show is looking for a new character and they're having open casting. This is where Roy arrives. We get the first mention of Roy. I remember as a kid, I remember Roy being there, but he's just not in it enough to really... I, I sort of forgot about him being there. He just doesn't do enough. But the older I got, I watched it and I was like, ah, I get it now. I get it now. Roy's like the Roy's like the guy. He's like he's like the Poochie dog. Roy's, That's who Roy's Roy just like Poochie. Look, he's wearing glasses too. He's so rare. Yeah, he, 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 he's just like the dog. Yeah. So then uh, the kids say to Homer, "Look, you should really you know audition for Poochie. You've got a really funny voice." And he's like, "No, I don't." Then we record the voice, similar to when um, Marge records her voice. The characters on The Simpsons never like to hear themselves back, do they? Mm. Certainly not the parents. No. Well, actually, I'm. I, I think I'm like that too. I hate listening to myself. Hate, 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 hate it. Uh, it's just one of those traits. I don't know. I just get insecure about it, I think. It's mm. weird. I A little while ago, now that I've got a mic stand and that sort of stuff set up, I thought, surely I can teach myself how to sing. No, you can't teach yourself how to sing. It's like if I just record myself singing a few times and hear what's wrong and then try to fix that, then I'll be able to nail it. Like give myself, I don't know, three days and singing should be sorted. If there ever was a Mitch comment on this podcast, that was it. I'm pretty sure I can teach myself this how to sing. You know, I'll give it three days. Three days and I'll be able to teach myself how to sing. Like, that, that is just you. <laughs> I learned how to do a Scottish accent in 45 minutes. Like, surely I can teach myself how to sing. You think you know how to do a Scottish accent. <laughs> I listened to myself back once and went, mm, no. Like, <laughs> not not only was I so bad that I didn't continue, I was like, I could never even ask for lessons because how could I subject someone to having to fix that? Yeah, it's it's it, and the thing is, when you're in the shower, the acoustics of the room that makes you sound better, and you're like, oh, I've got this, I could give this a shot, and then you record yourself properly, and you go, oh, oh my. Or if you're in a car with no one else around, yeah, with yeah. the music playing so loudly that you can't actually hear yourself. I think there's something about my voice that sounds really good as long as Sarah Barrales is playing over the top of it and I'm doing 100 kilometers an hour. Yeah, exactly it, right. It, With the windows that's down. The ex- <laughs> that's the exact circumstance in which I can sing. So, we then cut to the auditions. Oh, yes. Hang on. So, this is the bit. Um, this is the bit that I've pre-prepared for anyone that says too much banter on the show. Why don't you like, I wish you guys would just talk about the show. This is what four finger discount would sound like if that was the way we went. So then Otto comes in and he says, rough, rough, I'm Poochie the talking dog. And uh, Roger Myers likes it. He thinks he's really good. Then Troy Troy McClure comes in and he says, rough, rough, I'm Poochie the talking dog. And Myers likes it even more and decides he doesn't like Otto anymore. And then Homer comes in and he says, rough, rough, I'm Poochie the talking dog. But Myers, he doesn't like it. Bitch, what'd you learn from the episode? (laughs) 
I learned that for me to be even remotely entertaining, I need to talk about other random shit. It was nice to get a Troy McClure appearance here, wasn't it? It was, actually, yeah. I, like, it was a completely forgotten one for yeah. me. Few and far between we're going to get his appearances from now on because I think, was it about one year away from Phil passing away, tragically? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, oh yeah, it's obviously, it, like, it's just always such a thrill whenever he's on the screen. And yeah. it's going to hit harder in season nine when we get to Realty Bites and go, oh man, it's the last time I get to talk about him. Yeah, that's it. Ruff, ruff, I'm Poochie, the ragging dog. You're perfect. In fact, you're better than perfect. Next to you, perfection is crap. Ruff, ruff, I'm Poochie, the rockin' dog. Hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such cartoons as Christmas Ape and Christmas Ape Goes to Summer Camp. You're even better than this guy. Take a hike, you bum. <clears throat> ruff, ruff. I'm Poochie the Rockin' Dog. Now that's just bad. You got no attitude. You're barely outrageous. And I don't know what you're in, but it's not my face. Next. Oh, no attitude, eh? Not in your face, huh? Well, you can cram it with walnuts, ugly. That's it. That's the Poochie attitude. Do that again. Huh? I can't. I don't remember what I did. Then you don't get the job. Next. Oh, I don't get the job, do I? Well, boo-hoo, I don't get to be a cartoon dog. That's it. You've got the job. Oh, now I got the job, huh? Oh, thank you. I feel like that's pretty much how Jason Mewes ended up working with Kevin Smith. I'll be very interested because I've never actually listened to the stories. I'm assuming you know how they actually came together as a duo because they just seemed like such different people. I'm pr- yeah, I, I think they just knew each other. I yeah. think it was li- it was literally just a case of Kevin had like 40 grand. So, apart from one or two people that were actual actors, he just cast people that he knew in Clerks. So, we come back from commercial. Homer's got the job. And Homer is meeting the voice of Itchy and Scratchy. And she reveals that she was the voice of Roadrunner. This is hilarious. They only paid her for one beep. Kind of like how mm. Kelsey only did one groan after stepping on the rakes. And they just played it over and over again. Yeah. Then the hype has all started for Poochie. He's on the magazine covers and he's he's doing the meet and greets and he's all over the place. And I, I think I just want to play the clip of this entire scene because it is just hilarious. Hi, question from Miss Bellamy. In episode 209, when Ichi plays Scratchy's skeleton like a xylophone, he strikes the same rib twice in succession, yet he produces two clearly different tones. I mean, what are we, to believe that this is some sort of a, a magic xylophone or something? Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Uh, well... Uh, I'll feel this one. Let me ask you a question. Why would a man whose shirt says genius at work spend all of his time watching a children's cartoon show? I withdraw my question. Ah, uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Simpson. Uh, on the itchy and scratchy CD-ROM, is there a way to get out of the dungeon without using the wizard key? What the hell are you talking about? I'd completely forgotten about database. The wizard key scene? The wizard key line, I should say. Is oh, there a way yeah, right. to get in there without using the wizard key? <laughs> I just completely forgot about it. That gets quoted a lot. It does, but I completely forgot it was here. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, whenever there's a Simpsons Ask Me Anything or when we have guests and it's like, what questions do you want to ask them? Like, that, that is always going to pop up in the thread. I think it's something about... Databases, we say data, so some people say database, but his voice, it's just amazing. It's like the epitome mm. of nerd. It's so good. I uh, i just realized, by the way, Dando, as I 
cast my eye back down to Frinkiac that for all of our Four Finger Discount listeners that are these level of nerds, they'll be very upset that I actually misquoted Ruff Ruff, I'm Poochie the Rockin' Dog as Poochie the Talking yeah. Dog. I knew you did at the time and I was like, I can't be bothered correcting him because he's going with something here. <laughs> well, I yeah, and I know that it happens. Like, that's another thing. It's like, oh, God, they think they're Simpsons experts. They get the quotes wrong. I just, you know, I watched the episode. I was slightly drunk. I've had more drinks since. So, I might misquote a word or two. This is the thing, though. I don't like the type of fans who get angry at other fans for getting certain words wrong in a quote. I just like it when, hey, how about we just appreciate that we both love the show rather than trying we to get love, everything yeah. right? We get the gist. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough. Like, we both like the same things. We, sometimes we get the fucking quotes wrong. I'm not just saying, our, I'm not saying listeners do this, but I'm just saying, I might be talking about any show with a friend of mine and they'll correct mm. you on something. It's like, just relax, dude. It's not that important that I got the quote wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah you exactly. knew what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice here that one of the nerds, Benjamin, from Homer Goes to College, he's dyed his hair black, clearly doesn't want to be a ranger anymore. That's, I didn't notice, but that would explain why he looked familiar, but also new. Mm, yeah. Has Nicola ever just come home with different coloured hair without you knowing? She's come home with different hairstyle. Um, the only okay. difference is Nicola's really done. She's dyed it darker than what she normally has. It's still the same colour, just a darker version of it. Just a darker shade. Okay. So, sometimes Nicola straightens her hair and that's a game changer. <laughs> game changer? Look out. Is that how Elliot came about? She looks like a completely different person. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you meant it was like if Nicola, Nicola gets herself a new GHD and it's just, you know, cancel all appointments <laughs> because... No, Elliot came around because we were in Condoble and there was nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever tell Elliot that that's where he was conceived. That'd be depressing as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy, Daddy, how did you decide that you wanted to be parents? Well, son... We were in a town surrounded by racists and decided that we couldn't bear the presence of anyone else. So, we retired to the bedroom. So, uh, we also, you mentioned earlier at the start of the episode that um, comic book guy. Uh, actually, no, you mentioned the um, worst episode ever. So, I love also comic book guy here, how he's just like, no no cuts and no doubles. And then he's just for himself. Yep. Like, this is exactly how every person that runs one of these things, this is exactly what they're like. Oh. Are they ever? They feel so privileged. It's like, yeah. you, you are one of us, mate. Calm down. Yeah. The establishment in Geelong that I know you know well. And the guy behind the counter there just like, it's like comic book guy walked off the page and turned himself into a 3D version and started running a store. I think I know the place you mean. And yes, I completely agree. <laughs> so we get the premiere at the Simpsons household for the Poochie House. Good turnout for Homer's premiere, as you would expect when he's, you know, making a, I don't know if it's nationally syndicated, but certainly locally syndicated, very big show. Well, I was going to ask that question because I feel like the Krusty show only airs in Springfield, but yet he's still mm. a national icon. It's weird. It's like it doesn't, yeah. it's, 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 it's an odd thing how they'd work that. Like he's got so much money, but you couldn't make that much money just by just being a local guy, I don't reckon. Yeah, that's true. I remember thinking to myself, why would Jasper be there? But then I thought, and took it a step further and went, well, no, Grandpa would be there, but Grandpa wouldn't have any other friends there. So, it makes sense that he would invite Jasper. So, I thought that was actually a kind of cool touch to um, fill in, you know, just that little bit of colour of what's been happening behind the scenes. Well, that and they both like Roy. <laughs> That's true. They do like Roy. So, then we get the first episode of the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie show. The best part about this whole thing is Milhouse asking when are they going to get to the fireworks factory. <laughs> Yeah, Millhouse in that is um, most of society today just really impatient. 
It's just like, when's this oh, going to happen? It's amazing how impatient people have become now. Like, it mm. really frustrates me sometimes. Yeah. For, uh, actually, I was explaining to you about Better Call Saul. I got a bit impatient. Like, I wouldn't say impatient, but I was like, I enjoyed the show more when I was able to binge watch it as, a, as opposed to episode by episode, week by week. Mm-hmm. But still, I still like the show. Some people just won't watch Better Call Saul because they say it's too slow. How about you just enjoy story progression? Or character development and other important yeah. things. Or just, you know, really pretty shots. But look, I, I, I'm more, I get that that's not for everyone. But I did a documentary for our cricket club recently. And someone asked me how long this go for. I was like, it's about 27 minutes. And they looked at me, 27 minutes? Well, you're going to play it in two halves? Like, people will need to get a drink. I'm like, people are adults <laughs> and they can fucking sit still for half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And halfway though, they all got up for a drink. No, they didn't, because I, uh, when I was introducing it, said that very same thing. <laughs> uh, guilt tripped. I was like, just so you're aware, it's 28 minutes long. If you want a drink, grab it now. Otherwise, we're all in this together. Strap in, because I'm not turning the lights back on. Now, did you notice at the premiere, by the way, that Mo was wearing Lionel Hutz's suit? I I realized he was wearing a very sharp suit. Yeah, it's just it's odd that seeing a character, because for example, Lionel Hutz's costume, like his suit, that's his. You very rarely see anybody else wearing the same thing as another character when they're, you know, a, a recurring character. Hmm. It's just odd seeing Mo wearing the exact same clothes as Lionel Hutz. I don't know whether that was a mistake or... Uh, he's just fancied himself up so he could sit next to Midge and look pretty. Yeah, that is true, Midge. Yeah, he loves Midge. Then everyone leaves because, you know, it's kind of awkward because they all know how bad that was and they don't want to have to actually tell Homer. Everyone then goes to bed with that dinner, which I thought was great. Carl, by far, has the best line in this episode. Yeah, you should be very proud, Homer. You, uh... Got a beautiful home here. Avoiding the situation, but still giving a compliment. <laughs> Homer's sad though, because even he knows. Yeah, that was that was pretty terrible. We come back from commercial, and the family are just all trying to comfort Homer, saying it's not as bad as you think. You know, you were poochie. You were on TV. You're like you, at least it's kind of a big deal. But then goes to the comic book store, and this is the scene we discussed earlier, the worst episode ever. Last night's scene, Scratchy, was without a doubt the worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Hey, I know it wasn't great, but what right do you have to complain? As a loyal viewer, I feel they owe me. What? They're giving you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Worst episode ever. This is where I can see your point of view where it's kind of like they're going, they're crossing the line a little bit where they're kind of saying anyone who complains about the show needs to just shut up and stop complaining because we're giving them hours of entertainment for free. Mm. It's a fair point, but, you know, it does seem a little bit self-indulgent. A, a little bit. Like, again, I don't personally have a problem with it, but I could see it losing people. Um, and look, that's fine. If that's a choice that they want to make, then no dramas with that. But it's uh, it's a thing that I would like. Yeah, some people are going to get their nose out of joint by kind of having it put in their face like that. But we've actually said that a couple of times ourselves where, I mean, we, we get, well, not regularly, but we do get a lot of mail coming in from time to time where people are unhappy with what we do on the show or we talk oh. too much about ourselves or we don't do this. And we kind of think, all right, that's fair enough. That's your entitled to your opinion. But in my head, I'm thinking... Oh, well, we're doing the show for free, you know, like, yeah, we appreciate that you're listening, but we're just doing a show that we are enjoying doing and hopefully you enjoy listening to it. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm not any different to when we did the show when we got seven downloads. Like it's just a case of I'm doing this. I'm trying to do a show that I would enjoy listening to. And if other people enjoy listening to it, that's great. And not everyone will. And that's absolutely fine. And yeah, you know, that's fine. Which is why I can promise almost anyone ever writing in saying, I think you should do this differently. I won't. 
But thanks for writing. <laughs> and thank you for listening and hopefully you'll stick around. We then get Brockman with his news report and this is their way of... Brockman here is representing all the... I guess they believe that all the critics were just waiting for The Simpsons to dip in ratings and dip in quality just so they could hang shit on it. And that's what Brockman's yeah. doing here. And even if it wasn't specifically Simpsons, it's definitely a tall poppy syndrome in general. And Australia is really bad for that that mm, thing yeah. of when someone's on top, you just want to try to pile in. You can be best friends with somebody, but then if they get the promotion at work, they, they become your arch nemesis. Yeah. Or like if they sleep with your wife, no one's ever happy for them. No, like, 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 how about you just give them a pat on the back and say, good job, mate. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, they've achieved what they wanted. Be happy for other people. It's not all about you or the kids. No, not at all. Like, they've got plenty of time to get over it. Mm. Sometimes, dad just needs to... No. <laughs> no, I can't possibly say that. We get to Krusty, and uh, he's then asking, he's pleading, please fix this, because the show is now in a worse state than it was before Poochie came onto the show. And Homer has a few suggestions. He walks in, and I kind of feel bad for Homer here, because Homer, he genuinely wants to help. And, he's, and the suggestions he's offering aren't that bad. The Where's Poochie one's a bit stupid, I guess. But mm. still, his line at the end was a well-written line. And he just wants to help. And they just sort of say, yeah, whatever, Homer, leave it on the door, on the, on the phone on your way out and get out. When he leaves and comes back, I loved, I never noticed it until I watched it for the review, that he mm. tiptoes past bags and bags of hate mail for Poochie. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, hurtful. <laughs> uh, I, I, On the Where's Poochie line, I would not be surprised if somewhere that had actually been said out loud by an executive or a sales, someone in marketing, something like that, talking to a creative. Oh, I, I don't know. It's pretty out there then. I don't think anyone's that stupid. No, I think they are. I, I think in that world, you can't possibly... It's like Entourage or something. You can't... No matter what you imagine, reality is probably worse. Not saying it happened on The Simpsons, but saying that it would have happened about a show at a certain time. Or if not them, an agent would have said it about how this character needs to be the best character in the show and they need to be your number one focus. And whenever they're not there, other characters should be saying, where are they? Like, I'm yeah. sure that that would have come out in a boardroom somewhere. Yeah, possibly. Like in Halloween, whenever Mike Myers isn't on the screen, all the babysitters should be saying, where's Mike Myers? <laughs> where's Michael? <laughs> So Homer is annoyed that he overheard them say they're going to kill him off. But the kids are excited about this and they have to try and hide their excitement because they just want the old Itchy and Scratchy back. It's funny here that the story how it sort of comes full circle how they got sick of Itchy and Scratchy. They weren't watching it anymore. They didn't hate it. They just got bored of it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a must-see anymore. They bring in Poochie. They don't like Poochie. And then all of a sudden, Poochie goes and they like the show again. Sometimes you don't know what you've got until it's gone. And then you realize that what's left is what you had the whole time. They paved paradise just to put up a parking lot. How many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? It's nothing to do with this story, but I'll let you have it. (laughs) (laughs) Homer is now at the reading. And this is where they're going to be essentially killing off Poochie. They're saying, uh, we don't want you around anymore. This this character needs to go. They're essentially saying to Homer, walk the plank. Kill your character off now. And he mm. just refuses to do it. They're yelling at him. But then it was a nice moment here where June sticks up for him. He says, no, let him say his piece. Forget it, Homer. We can do this show without you if we have to. But not without me. Mm, geez. Let him try the new lines. All right. All right. We'll try it. Action. Hi, Poochie. You look like you've got something to say. Do you? 
Yes, I certainly do. Hello there, Itchy. I know there's a lot of people who don't like me and wish I would go away. And I think we got off on the wrong foot. I know I can come off a little proactive, and for that I'm sorry. But if everyone could find a place in their hearts for the little dog nobody wanted, I know we can make them laugh and cry until we grow old together. And cut. It was a good bait and switch. So everyone acknowledges that it was a good line. They all clap, well done. But then obviously once Homer left, they were like, yeah, it was good, but we really need to get rid of Poochie anyway. (laughs) Yeah, we still need to kill him. (laughs) What it reminded me of is the, no, no, let her speak. I'm trying to get fired. What I find hilarious about the whole, I have to go now, my planet needs me, is that A, his mouth, they didn't even animate his mouth to move, and B, it was Roger Myers Jr. himself. It was the best. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I certainly do. I have to go now. My planet needs me. That's the last thing Alex Rocco ever said on The Simpsons. Was, I have to go now. My planet needs me. If there's ever a line to go out, that's the best one. I'd like to think that that's a holdover from the um, script with James Woods. <laughs> but, yeah, that would have been funny. Speaking of, would you accept him as a replacement for a poo? James Woods? Yeah. Um, oh... Jeez, I don't know. He's been very, very hard to like on Twitter for a few years now. Oh, really? Um, just racist? <laughs> well, not not just racist. That's the beginning. No, um, I don't even know if he's been specifically... He's just been awful. He's just been a bad, bad human being. So, okay. look, ideally, Apu has not been confirmed to go, so hmm. let's hope that he doesn't leave. And then all of those memes that we spent the last few days getting abused about will be <laughs> a nice little consignment to the scrapbook of news and media organisations who jumped the gun. Now, I watched the first half of that Apu, the problem with the Apu documentary last mm-hmm. night. I'm going to finish the last half tonight. I suggest you watch it and maybe we'll do a little, you know, 10 minute review thoughts on what we think of the old the whole situation because we keep getting messages about it and yeah. I didn't want to do it until we both watched a documentary yeah that's absolutely my thing about it like because I haven't watched the documentary I'm not going to wade into that conversation because I really can't offer anything even remotely insightful yeah so for those of you at home who want to hear our thoughts on it at some point this week we'll both get to finishing watching the documentary and in a few weeks time or a couple weeks time or whatever we'll get around to it so just don't stress it'll happen okay just relax <laughs> So Poochie's been killed off, and Krusty makes the the lawyer prove that it will never ha- he'll never come back again, never in a million years. Much to the joy of the kids. Yes, yes. Uh, they have to try and hide it from Homer once again. Then it's time for Roy to leave, and maybe you'll see me in a few years. I like that line. As if to say, maybe we will need him eventually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we're out of ideas. Let's bring back Roy. So the kids now enjoy Itchy and Scratchy, and you know it's great that you know that the back and they're able to put on after all this time hours upon hours of great entertainment. What else is on? And that's the end of the episode. Mm. So, all in all, they achieved their goal of what they were uh, intending with this episode. I think they did a really funny job with it. Like you said, there was a few moments where it appeared a bit self-indulgent, but all in all, it's got some very iconic quotes and moments. A big thumbs up from me. Yeah, I think it's a very good episode. I think that the only thing that it runs the risk of is that you couldn't put this on as your first ever episode of The Simpsons and enjoy it, I don't think. I think you've got to have had quite a bit of built-up history to be able to enjoy this episode. 
And that's probably the only real knock on it that I could think of. Well, the, the Simpsons are barely in it. It's just Homer. It's a Homer story, essentially. Yeah, but if you like, if you just if you don't have the history of Itchy and Scratchy is a really revered show and all that sort of stuff, then it just it, it would mean very little to you. I never saw this episode as one of them, but it's almost like a. This is essentially like a, a twenty two short films or a, a Springfield Files, where it, it's sort of a it's it's canon, but it's still it's different from the norm. It isn't. It isn't in that I still think you could watch twenty two short films, having never seen a Simpsons episode before, and enjoy it. Hundred percent. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So, what'd you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that uh, voice recording, if nothing else, is about efficiency. And I say that in roughly our 118th minute of a review of a TV show that went for 23. <laughs> 118th minute? Good Lord. Is that? I, I think is that's that, about I, right. We haven't been going for two hours? We haven't been recording for two hours, you madman? That would be... Sorry, one hour and 18th is what I yes. mean. Yes. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I learned that this podcast is becoming very schmick. Uh, well, that's about it for me, guys. It's been a really good ride on Four Finger Discount, and I appreciate all of your support. Um, <laughs> keep sending your money through. It's too, yeah, keep sending that. That's important. Uh, but it's time for me to go watch some paint dry or something. Um, when the, we're not allowed, if you, according to some people, we're not allowed to mention money, Dando. Um, oh yeah, the, some bad reviews. Now we said, we said <laughs> on the on the in the Patreon group that we're going to start a new segment this week. Our favourite oh, reviews. Favourite reviews, yeah. Okay. So, this was off the back of... I was having a browse on the iTunes. Um, so, like, two of the ones that I really enjoyed... Well, the negative one saying, oh, if you go back to season two, Dando was like, this podcast you'll never have to pay for. But now they're doing a Futurama one and you have to pay for it. Negating the, or neglecting <laughs> to mention the fact that this one still free. <laughs> Uh, that's fine. Um, I I can understand the annoying side of that thing, but the thing is, I have children. We have shit to pay for, and I, I, it's you don't have to pay for it. You still get this show for free. Like yeah, we we will yeah. never ever charge you for this show. Sure, we do future skip heads, but you eventually get it for free. You know and, what I mean? Like it's if you yeah. want to get it now, you pay a dollar or two. If you don't want it, that's fine. You just wait for it to be free. We don't we don't mind. We just appreciate that you're listening. Okay, so uh, these are my favorite reviews of recent times in itunes let's um jump in i'll give you three read three out okay three okay uh from eurus Notball. like the simpsons the golden years of this podcast is over it started off with two guys talking about the episode and some facts that were on the commentary track or wikipedia to be all about money if you sign up you pay a monthly fee you get the ep- that you get the next episode many times through the podcast they'll tell you to sign up and push that hard Brackets. Now they are working on a Futurama podcast only for the people that subscribe. Close brackets. They would come to be... Sorry, they would claim to be Simpsons fans, but almost every second week they would say, I haven't seen this episode for many years or since I was a kid. So, like, if you're not watching The Simpsons on loop, you're not a Simpsons fan, according to Eurus Notball. This podcast has gone from a must-listen when released to I'll listen if I have nothing else to do and soon I'll just give up and unsubscribe. But here's where it turns around, Dando. So they lead you down that path and it's like whack, 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 whack. And it's that classic football coaching thing of if you're going to give them something negative, you've got to give them a positive. So at the end, audio quality is great and they work the way they work off each other is professional. Two stars. Two stars. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take your two stars. Yeah. So I think we get like one star for the audio quality and one star for working off each other well and no stars for trying to make it a profitable enterprise. 
I feel like we don't plug it too much during the show anymore, do we? The Patreon. I feel it's just no. I think there was a time. There was a time maybe where a we time. tried it. when we started it. Maybe yeah. Well, apologies for that. We don't do it anymore. Yeah. All right. I need my ego to be increased. Can you give me a positive one? Is there any positive ones? There's a few. I actually, the, the the purpose of this is I want the more creative reviews. I want something that's going to make me laugh, fall out of my chair, or just something that's different. I don't just want. I, I, obviously, I want a positive review if you, if you want to give us one or a negative one, whatever you feel. But be creative about it, and then that way you'll get read out on this on this segment. So if you haven't given us a review yet, jump onto the iTunes podcast store, the Apple podcast store, and just give us a rating out of five stars and let us know what you think of the show. So the thing is, I don't want to read anything too good because then that's going to sound super self-indulgent. But how about this one uh, from Bull Hut? Five stars. Better than dirt. Well, most types of dirt. Not that fancy store-bought dirt. That stuff is full of nutrients. They can't compete with that. Good. That's what I like. I, I like this kind of stuff. More of that. <laughs> uh, and then the other one that I... Oh, hang on. Uh, I didn't mean to... Sorry. I am not controlling my laptop as well as I otherwise would have liked. Give as me I didn't seconds. think you'd be able to. Well, I'm standing up now and I'm holding the laptop in my left hand. You know what I actually feel like? Whenever I do this... Have you seen Tomorrow Never Dies? Oh, no. You've never seen mm. a Bond film. No, I have. Ah. I, I, I bought them on Blu-ray. I watched okay. them. I couldn't tell you one for the other. I just know it's a Pierce Brosnan one. It is a Pierce Brosnan one, but it's, it's like the one that's... It's late 90s, but it's about a guy that's like almost like an evil Steve Jobs, and he just sort of walks around with a laptop and types mm. with one hand yeah, 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 really yeah. quickly. That's, that's you right of, now? <laughs> that's me right now, yeah. <laughs> ah, here we go. Just My Luck, five stars. This is from PT's. I drunkenly subscribed to this in an Uber home. No idea why or how. Just two guys you want to have a beverage with and talk rubbish all night. Oh, and great Simpsons insights. Perfect. That's exactly what we want. That's exactly what I want. No idea. Not so much. It's not even the no idea how. It's no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I subscribed. Couldn't tell you why. <laughs> but they did and they appreciate it. And we appreciate it that you did as well. Thanks for listening and thanks for writing a review. But yes, that is the first edition or the first... Uh, installment of our favorite reviews. Yeah. If you want to get your if you want to get your review read out, send us a creative review on the iTunes store. Yeah. I should point out, by the way, on the subject of Patreon. So uh, it is the thirtieth of October, as you mentioned earlier, when we're recording this. So mm-hmm. in two days' time, it is November, and my I myself am doing Movember, and our fantastically generous patrons, in the space of about twelve hours, have already pledged two hundred and sixty dollars towards what will be a very feeble attempt at a mustache. I will be more than matching that amount from the proceeds of Patreon money. And we are also, Dando and I, are very excited to announce that we're going to be starting to contribute a fair amount back towards some local charity as well from the income and from the stuff that you guys are giving. So, you know, we're a little bit philanthropic about it all. And as you said, a lot of it goes to bills and some of it is just we want to try to be nice for people because so many people are being nice for us now. Yeah, so by supporting the show, you get access to exclusive content and you're also supporting the Geelong community. Yeah. Uh, and who knows, in the future, that might turn to the global community. Uh, let's let's not sell ourselves short. I'm happy to give money wherever money is needed. We should put some aside for the uh, the Good Friday appeal and have the, uh, 20 mm. bucks, but 50 if you read out four-finger discount. I think, actually, okay, so that's six months away. That's plenty of time for us to have a falling out, quit the show, and then have a coming back together party on Good Friday. And charge, I don't know, 20 bucks entry. (laughs) 
all money to go to Good Friday April, minus costs. Which is 99% of everything. Yeah. (laughs) You can't get chairs for cheap. Now, before we get into the mailbag, I have a Mm. story from this evening. Now, you you would be well aware that Elliot is going through teething at the moment. Yes. He's been staying up all night. He's not necessarily crying. He's just... Awake, you know, he says he can't get comfortable, right? Mm. So I've I've mentioned um, on the podcast before, and I've I've mentioned in the Patreon group, like my uncle Jock, he's the one that passed away a couple of years ago. Elliot's middle name is Jock. He's named after my uncle Jock. Well, he's my great uncle. So Uncle Jock, my great uncle Jock, used to live with my great uncle Ned. They both lived together just around the corner up in um, Church Street in West Geelong. So we went to have dinner at Uncle Ned's place tonight, right, where Jock used to live. Now Jock unfortunately passed away here. He had a heart attack in in the in the lounge room. So we walked in, right, and Elliot was fine. He was laughing. The second we walked into the room, into the lounge room, screaming upon screaming upon screaming uncontrollably to the point where we could not stop him. And literally, Nicola and I both looked at each other and said, he has never cried this bad and screamed this much and been this uncontrollable since we brought him home from hospital, right? Mm. I then took him out the backyard. He stopped crying immediately. I brought him back into the house, through the hallway. He's fine, fine. Back into the room. Uncontrollable crying once again. We did this four times. Four times in and out of the room. The second he left the room, he was fine. Walk back into that room again, start screaming, screaming, screaming. I don't believe in ghosts, but that to me was creepy. Can you explain that? Um, well, it was bizarre. Literally, we were just stepping in, we're in the hallway and we're like, all right, he's fine. He's, he's literally laughing. Like, all right, let's mm. go back in the room again. Open the door, walk into the room. No, nah, immediately, immediately, within five seconds, crying. Uh, to the like, literally turning to me and screaming, looking with fear in his eyes. I've never seen him cry like that before. It was terror. Okay. I mean, I can in that. Let's just go with he was in an awful lot of pain. But when you took him outside, both the cold air and the fact that his surroundings were different distracted him from that pain. Then no, but even when, him- no, no, but even when he went into the hallway. Even, so, just being in the hallway was enough for so, him to. So, yeah, not. so the first time I went to the backyard, walked back in. Then the next, next time I went to, the, I said, maybe it's just a cool breeze. Come back in. So, we went into the hallway, three feet into the hallway, stopped. Okay. Look, I'm going to explain it by saying not ghosts. <laughs> but, um, but no, I, I can understand that being a, a, a creepy phenomenon. Let me ask you this Had that not been a room that meant anything significant to you? Would your thought have been ghost? Nicola didn't know that Jock had passed away in that room. Was um, two and a half men playing in the TV? Maybe that's no, what two broke two broke girls. Oh, two broke girls! That's there it is. It. Damn it! That's what it was. That's what it was. I blame you, Channel Nine. Uncontrollable crying. <laughs> but I'll actually, I throw this out there to all the listeners. By the way, did anyone actually write in when I asked them last week for seductive Simpsons lines? Uh, no. Actually, Damn it. so let's ask that question again. Yeah, please seduce your partner with the Simpsons line and send us the videos. I mean, tell us what the line was. Yeah, pics or it didn't happen. But I was also asking listeners, for those who have small children out there, has this ever happened to your child? Have they? Have you taken them into a room where they just would not settle and just immediately started crying? Once you left said room, they were fine. I'm sure there's a baby book dedicated to it. Kids in rooms. <laughs> the do's and don'ts. Let's get into the mailbag, shall we? Oh, we probably should. And it's going to be a short mailbag because it's been a long episode. Uh, I was going to say- <laughs> long I have su- podcast. I have tried to seduce Ash with 
what if I talk like this? Yeah, you mentioned that last week, actually. Was that your Matthew McConaughey impersonation? Uh, no, that was just, that was Mr. Plough. I know, but it sounded like Matthew McConaughey as well. <laughs> Did it? I want to take my shirt off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um cannot I tell you how was. hard <laughs> I just had to punch my chest to make that register on the microphone. I think I've actually bruised myself. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh. So, mailbag, what's the first question? Uh, uh, first question comes in from Chris Keegan. Uh, before I ask my question, I just want to say how much of a fan I am of the show. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank he you, listens Chris. to an episode every day on his commute to work, and that makes the journey more bearable. <laughs> I love that it doesn't make the journey great. <laughs> it just makes it more bearable. <laughs> it stops me from wanting to take my own life on the way to work, but it's, you know, two stars. <laughs> It's a good distraction from stepping in front of the train. Yeah. Um, his question... Okay, so part of his question we've already answered and it, uh, is how would you officially end The Simpsons? But a more interesting sub-question to that, would you tune in to the last ever episode when it finally airs? Of course, I think every Simpsons fan would. It would be hard not to, wouldn't it? I Honestly, I legitimately don't know that I would. And there's a there's a real-life example of that happening right now. In that The Walking Dead, you know, I've, I've watched that for eight seasons. It's in its ninth season now. And it's well advertised that Rick Grimes is... Oh, Andrew Lincoln, uh, who plays Rick Grimes, is leaving the show. And I have not watched an episode of season nine. And I don't feel at all bad about that. Like, I, I don't think that however it is that they're going to take him out of the show, I don't think it's going to be satisfying enough... So, for me, it's kind of easier to have just left it at this spot where he's ended that massive arc with Negan, and I'm cool with just knowing that the arc has ended. So, like, that two-season-long arc of Rick versus Negan has come to an end for season nine, and I'm good with that. I'm just like, you know, whatever. I've, I've, I've checked out of the show. That is a more satisfying way to me in that the possibilities from that point are endless, whereas... Having any of those infinite possibilities be reduced to just one is not going to be anywhere near as satisfying. So I legitimately don't think I would watch the show if it um, if the Simpsons ever ended, and then in that that in some way in my head they'll always still be out there for people. I think for me, it's just the Simpsons has been such a pivotal part of my life that the uh, the intrigue of how are they going to end it would be too much for me. I would have to I'd have to watch it. Mm. I could not. For me, I just wouldn't feel like a real fan not knowing how it ended. Yeah. I know, but I can I completely understand and I can appreciate that you would want to sort of assume and just pretend, I guess you could say, that the show hasn't finished, that the show's still out there. You don't need to see the end. But for hmm. me, just me personally, it would get the better of me. I would have to watch it. That's fair. I get it both ways. And I think that there's, I mean, there's two different types of people in the world. There are the people that need to know what Scarlett Johansson said to Bill Murray at the end of Lost in Translation. And then there are the people that are happy with just going, what was said isn't the point. The point is the journey that led to that moment. And I think with The Simpsons, I'm more in that camp. Good question, Chris. Thanks for sending that in. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Okay, this question. I'm not actually sure if we are going to know the answer to it, but we'll see how we go. Nicholas Pickler uh, before he begins, a little bit of background, background about himself. It's his second time writing in, 
But in case we forgot, he's a middle school band director. He recently moved to Green Bay, Wisconsin with his girlfriend. They're both teachers in Green Bay. Uh, I think they both teach Aaron Rodgers' awesome class every day from 8 until 2. Actually, no, sorry. He goes on to say he must make it clear that he's not a Packers fan because he's lived most of his life in Michigan. The reason for writing... Uh, he just listened to the Hurricane Netty episode and he thoroughly loved the debate about the episode. So uh, it might have been... He actually thinks that our Hurricane Netty debate was one of his favourite moments between us because he doesn't really remember us debating like that on an episode where one of us really liked it and the other one doesn't. I not that I didn't like the episode. It's just I feel like the ending wasn't as best as it could have been. Sure. We, we both definitely had different takes on it though, which... Definitely, yeah. It's not like we've ever avoided that, but we've also never tried to contrive that. We've not, we've never wanted to do that thing of like, well, you take this position and I'll take this one because it's interesting to hear conflict like every FM radio station ever does. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I love like the ex worked on K Rock knowing laugh. Like, hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, so, his question is there a particular movie or TV show or anything really that we absolutely disagree on? Um,. Breaking Bad. What are your thoughts on Breaking Bad? Uh, second only to The Wire. Yeah, that's, or, that's well. Much actually, me. the more the more it goes, the more Better Call Saul goes on. Maybe it's third. Nah, see, I I explained this at the start of the podcast. It's not enough happening week to week for it to be as high on the list as what Breaking Bad is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Breaking Bad, just every episode. I said, I think I said this to you at, at um, lunch on Sunday that every episode just feels like a mini movie of Breaking Bad. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. The only thing about Breaking Bad is that it's just so fucking depressing. I never realized this so much the first time around, but watching it now, every time the episode ends, I feel so shit. I think it's because I know where it goes. It doesn't get any better. It just keeps getting worse for the characters. Um, Look, I'll give you a controversial one. E.T. is your favorite movie of all time. You named your child after Elliot. I didn't, but... (laughs) (laughs) You didn't? Where else? Did, no. oh, so, so, a, what, so what, ha- what happened was you said, I bet you, you call it Alia as a joke on the podcast. And I went to Nicola and said, oh, Mitch Reckons we're going to call it Alia as a joke because that was never even considered. And Nicola goes, you know what? I was looking at lists of names the other day and Alia stood out to me. I just liked the way it looks. And I was like, oh, I guess I don't mind the name Alia either. And that's where it happened. Yeah. It wasn't like we went, oh, no, E.T., Alia. It was you raised it on the podcast. I said to Mi- Nicola as a side comment, as a joke, oh, yeah, Mitch reckons Alia because, you know, E.T., oh, duh. And she goes, no, I like Alia. And I went, oh, well, now that you say that, I, I kind of like it too. And that's where the name came from. Well, what do you know? So you kind of named him after me. You named him? Yeah. Well, do I get anything for that? Do I get like 5% of Elliot's earnings for the rest of his life? I'll allow you to now shit on E.T., Hit me. Uh, no, I'm not going to shit on it, but like, it's your, it's one of your favorite movies of all time, if not your favorite movie. I wouldn't put it in my top five Spielberg movies, let alone favorite. Um, I, I'm not saying it's the best movie ever made. It's just my favorite. That's fair. It just, it's never resonated with me in the same way that it has with you. Yeah, fair enough. Even a couple of years ago, I sat down and I was like, I'm going to watch E.T. and I'm going to rekindle being a kid and I'm going to like it. And I didn't actually make it to the end because I just got sidetracked by something. What didn't you like about it? It's not that I didn't. I just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't grab me the way I was hoping it would. It's it's beautiful. Like it's it's not to say that it's not a good movie by any stretch. Like it was Spielberg at a time where Spielberg could do no wrong, and it was Spielberg in like if you if you think of the hallmarks of a Spielberg movie, like it, E.T. has all of them. But I think going back and rewatching it. Maybe it suffers for the fact that it's been done so many times since that it almost feels by the numbers. Like if you're not 
if you were just watching it now, having never had seen it 30 years ago, you're like, oh, I've seen this movie. That that was a bit about it that kind of just suffered a fraction. What other movie can you recall? And I'm sure there's been a few that you probably mm. will be able to read off the top of your head, but where an alien has come to Earth and has befriended a kid and the kid's... Want, not a CGI film, an animated film, like a live-action film where it's a kid befriending the alien looking after him and it's from a kid's perspective. What other film does that? Short Circuit. It's <laughs> um, not an alien, it's a robot. And yeah, it but it's go, exactly... It doesn't, it doesn't, bef- doesn't befriend a kid. Short Circuit is a massive ET ripoff, though. Just because yeah, it's an alien. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but it doesn't, doesn't befriend the, the child. Uh, doesn't Sim- it? Similar concept in trying to rescue him and keep him from the government, but yeah. I, I, Free Willy. It's not an alien. It doesn't... No, but Free Willy is the exact same story. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but for me, it was... I always saw myself as Elliot when I was a kid. Like, if I saw an alien, I would want to do what Elliot did. Like, Elliot got to live... The character got to live out what I would love to do. You know? I always saw myself as Drew Barrymore. She was pretty kick-ass as a kid. <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I said that only like 88% sure that Drew Barrymore was in that movie. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure for it. I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that was something I realized later on. I was like, oh... The love of my life's also in this movie. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe that's where it came from. Some sort of subconscious lingering. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Scream must have been really awful for you to just watch her. I, I still think she played her role in that film very well. Oh, yeah, brilliantly. Actually, you know, um, okay, so yeah, that is the end of the mailbag, by the way. I'm only doing two this week because we've been going for an insanely long time tonight. Did we actually answer the question, by the way, that we disagree on anything else? <laughs> um, Or E.T.? Well, yeah, E.T., but even that is just a case if you really like it and I just think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. I don't think we've come across anything yet where you've been like, I love this, but I hate this. No, not that I can recall. I have more of those with Ash, actually. Like, Ash hates Birdman. I think Birdman is one of the best and most inventive movies I've seen in the last five years. Ash doesn't give a shit about Whiplash, and I think that is second to Birdman. It's one of the best and inventive movies that I've seen in the last five years. Uh, Ash thinks The Big Lebowski is the worst movie ever made, and I would happily just watch The Big whoa, Lebowski. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your Ash said that? Ash does not like The Big Lebowski. She hates it, thinks it's a terrible movie. Aren't these the kind of questions you ask before you propose to her? Oh, well, I should have, but, you know, <laughs> I was committed by this point and I just assumed. I was like, who wouldn't like The Big Lebowski? I watched it with Nicola and Nicola enjoyed it. I mean, she just doesn't mm. think it's her favourite film of all time, but she can at least appreciate how funny it is. Yeah, no, Ash can't. And she doesn't even like the Kenny Rogers soundtrack. Like, it's just... She what? Just, yeah. Does she like Credence? <laughs> I tell you what, she hates the fucking Eagles. <laughs> really? No, I, I don't know if Ash has ever listened Can to Can you just Eagles like next time life. I invite you guys over, just leave her at home, I don't mind. <laughs> All right, I'll pass that on. Um, <laughs> shall I tell her that Dando mentioned that she's out, out of her element and <laughs> not to visit on Shabbos? Next time she walks in, I'm going to have Hotel California playing. <laughs> no, no, um, better yet, just go with the... My favourite song from that movie is... I think it is Kenny Lo- uh, Rogers. Is it Kenny Rogers that I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in? When he's having the acid trip kind of through the bowling lanes. I'm not going to say yes or no because I'm not quite sure. I will quickly Google. This will be the last okay. bit of information. Yes. <laughs> it is Kenny Rogers. Just dropped Kenny in Rogers. by Kenny Rogers. To see what condition my condition was in. Whenever I think of Kenny Rogers, I think of when he appeared on The Muppet Show because I was an obsessed Muppet fan when I was a kid and he did he sang The Gambler and they had this puppet of an old man playing poker and the, the puppet dies 
and then his ghost Jesus. dances on the table and it freaked the fuck out of me. I remember whenever that was on, I would always close my eyes during that song because I was just too scared of it. Yeah. <laughs> and for years, whenever you walk back into that room, you'd just start crying uncontrollably yes. until you uncontrollably. went into the hallway. Yeah. And then I'll go to the screen and realize that Two Broke Girls had just started. All right. Are we done? I think we're done. We are done. I think we're done. I think people tuned out half an hour ago. I think I tuned out half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you enjoyed our review of the Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie Show. Next week, we are going to be reviewing... Oh, it is a barn burner, Mitch. It is homophobia. Oh, good. I've been hanging an e- hanging on to an email for like the last two months waiting for homophobia. So, this is going to cool. be good. Maybe we should try and get John Waters on the show. I specifically want... Look, if you are... If you are a closeted homosexual, please feel free to write in about this episode and I will give you full anonymity. Don't stress in any regard in that way. Um, if you are an out homosexual or... Um, like you could almost take parallels now if you're trans or, or whatever else you... You know, whatever your sexual orientation may or may not be. I really want to hear the opinion, uh, A, of how did it feel when you watched this episode you know, years ago, uh, particularly if you had some inklings as a kid or a teen or something like that, that you might have been that way? Or how does it feel now? Because, I mean, you and I are both straight. We can talk about it as much as we like, but we're not going to have the same level of perspective as people that have gone through that level of uh, phobia, basically. Like, not the, as in being on the other side of it. So, please, uh, write in with some stories of how you relate to this episode. Yes, I'm looking forward to hearing your stories. Please also don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store, the Apple Podcast store. And if you write a creative review, you may get your review read out by none other than Mitch Grinter. Also, if you want access to exclusive, I'm going to do the, I'm going to do the Patreon plug. So, Mr. Reviewer, who didn't like the Patreon, <laughs> tune out right now. So, for as little as $2 plus per month to get access to... Not only the Four Finger Discount Facebook group, which I love. Just every day I jump on there and people are just amazing in that group. Incredible. Like you said, already donated $260 to your Movember campaign. Just absolute champions. Uh, you get access into the monthly prize draws, which you're going to have to be doing next week for the, this month's prize draw. Also, you get your name read out on the show. You get access to the Futurama podcast, the Movie Guys podcast. The next one we're going to do is the Halloween, the new one, as well as the original 1978 film. I want to say, yeah, 78 because 40 years to this day. Plus, plenty of other bonus podcasts and other content that's available on the Patreon page. But for now, Mitch, any final words for the listeners? I just want to point out that the first time I decided I would stand up for an episode is the first time that we've recorded for more than an hour and 45 minutes. And I've not planned that well. Will you be standing next week? That is the question. Tune in to find out. I may never stand again. I think I've reached my quota. Like, I've... <laughs> It's annoying that like a Fitbit won't measure still standing because I'm sure this is burning some calories. Shh.